0: Continued at scs.georgetown.edu
1: slash podcast.
0: And that is launched out to deep left field. Big- for Mike Trout. This is
1: ground ball to second
0: base, Red Heefel,
2: falls down, picks it up, fires the first, the Angels have no hit, the Seattle Mariners, Let's has on, big fly for Anthony Rendon. Hey guys,
1: I'm Alex Curry.
2: This is Joe Adele here with the Los Angeles Angels. red and Brandon Marsh. This is Chris Rodriguez. You're
1: listening to the All Angels Podcast.
0: And welcome to another edition of the All Angels Podcast. I am Deion Garcia and we are back. I am back, been off a couple of weeks um, New little setup here You know, obviously, if you're watching us on Instagram Live You kind of see the new setup here Just got done moving Still kind of trying to uh, put everything away And if anyone's ever moved And packed up all their stuff And got to a new place And now you're trying to figure out where everything goes And that's exactly what's been going on with me um, But we're back Playoffs are in full effect Angels are player wise pretty quiet but there has been some moves not only with the coaching staff but also with the front office like i mentioned before i am on instagram live um halo underscore haven on our instagram um as people start popping in if they start asking questions we will go to them as well um just like any other time before, but like I said, you know, Angels player movement is going to be really quiet right now until the end of the season. Uh, playoffs are in full effect. Dodger games are going on right now. Last I check, it is 2-2 two two after a Jock Peterson home run. Um, first question on here, we'll go real quick to our Instagram Live before I go any further. How much do we offer max? for and for how long obviously i think they're talking about max serger one of the main attractions coming into this off season uh pitching wise at least for sure you know and that's a really good question i just think i think that's a question that's going to be asked by a lot of uh, front offices i don't think it's, it's going to be angel specific i think max will fit on any roster in any division in any you know place um I do kind of feel from people I talk to, I, I do feel like he's probably is going to lean more towards staying with the Dodgers, how they work that into their payroll. I have no idea, but that's for them to find out, but you know, for someone like that, who is really, you know, really performing really well, he is near 40. You always just kind of have that fear in the back of your head, especially as angel fans. When is that going to uh, expire? And when is that going to stop being the norm? So for someone like Max, and i said this before in other podcasts, I would definitely um, probably go no more than three years just because of the age. By through by that, that third year, he's going to be, I believe, 41. And yes, you have instances where you have pitchers who have been that old, like Nolan Ryan is the first one that pops in mind, but it is not the norm. And so it's kind of like he's a freak of nature. Can he do it? Probably. But how much are you willing to invest in that? And um, is he a 30 million a year kind of guy? Is he, you know, a 25 million a year kind of guy with that age? I'm, you know, that's something that I think the Angels have to really look um, into. Uh, another question: Are they going to extend uh, Iglesias or anyone? I think Iglesias is going to be extended. And and for people that don't understand the kind of the calendar and how this is all working, yes, the Angels can work out an extension right now with Iglesias. But the more realistic you know path this is going to go down is that you know when the qualifying offers are able to be given out which is going to be uh 18.4 came out last week they're going to give him that qualifying offer doesn't mean that that's it that's they're going to you know stay there they can continue to negotiate but the thing is though if he does choose to go somewhere else the angels are going to get something in return which is a draft pick or some other kind of compensation I do think Iglesias returns. I do think that's something the top priority of the Angels this offseason, even more so than you know going out and getting a top line uh, starting pitcher. Because with Iglesias, since he was on the team last year, you know exactly what you have. When you go out and start signing these free agents, you know you're, you're still kind of not sure what to have if there was a lingering shoulder issue or or. Or elbow issue during the last season, but but since they're not on the same team, or you're not on the same team, you might not know. Uh, did calf t- uh, did Trout tear his calf? I believe that's uh, yes, and that's why um, he was out for so long. Any kind of sprain or, or anything like that, it's always kind of like a small tear. Um, they always say. So I guess at first maybe the the severity was kind of underplayed, which I understand, uh, but at the same time. He did have a full, pretty much a whole uh, season of rest this second half of the season for sure. He's going to have the whole full off-season of rest. That is something that you really don't want to mess with because if you come back too early, you might now start feeling issues in your Achilles tendon, and those are really, really hard to come back from, especially as you get up in age. I think that the Iglesias, I think Iglesias had leverage. Other teams might give him an offer he can't refuse. Exactly. I think that's the point. I, I think I said this like, the last like three weeks of the of the season if i'm iglesias why do i send an extension if i love the angels and i want to stay in anaheim like he says which i've said plenty of times players say that i don't necessarily know if i believe it because what else are they going to say if a reporter comes up to you as a player and says oh how do you like playing in anaheim no player regardless of their feelings or regardless of how they feel about the city or the team are going to say oh i hate it here i can't wait to leave um as soon as the off season's over i'm gonna do this and this no one ever says that so for iglesias to say that he likes it in anaheim i believe it i do believe that you know he did find success here but does that mean that anaheim can get him cheap no the anaheim you know the angels do have to put up numbers do have to put up a legit contract which means he is gonna get qualified extend the qualifying offer. So if something does happen, if someone does back up the Binks truck, or maybe given that extra year, the angels are somewhat protected. So obviously that's going to be the biggest um, extension. I think the angels do this year is Iglesias as that frontline closer. Um, But, you know, obviously they have some other uh, issues to kind of look ahead to addressing that, the free or the pitching in the free agent market. And something I said on, uh, and shout out to Super Halo Bros. I was on their podcast this last week. At the end of this podcast, uh, I'm going to play a little clip from that. So if you like what you hear, definitely give them a a follow and a subscription for their podcast. They put out podcasts once a week. They do a really, really good job. But one thing I mentioned on there is that we are going to start getting to the point after the baseball season where people are going to get non-tendered. And there's going to be you know a handful of pitchers that are getting non-tendered. Then um, you look at some of the uh, decisions a team like Oakland has to make with their with their tendered or non-tendered or uh, arbitration guys, where they are going to be making more than obviously you know Oakland. They're, they're fairly cheap. Let's be honest. Uh, maybe they're more they're not as comfortable doing so. I think Montas is one of those guys that could be non-tendered. I'd rather take a run out of him um then say like a surgeon where he might be great for one or two years but after that you're going to have to really worry about him um his production being brought down so when the non-tender you know players are announced i think uh obviously after the world series i think like a week or two after the world series then that's going to be really interesting to see who is out there now who's going to be out there that we didn't think was going to be out there you know a, a month ago so uh that's a big thing that's gonna be coming up in the major league calendar is when people are getting non-tendered um i think you might see someone like at least for the angels you might see mike meyer not get uh Myers get tendered you might see um phil gosling not get tendered just because those guys are kind of fairly easy to be replaced and especially with jack mayfield doing what he was doing this year and um being pre-arb you're going to save a lot of money that way so uh look for that for sure in the next coming uh months um are we going to get at least more bullpen arms because well the bullpen um i think so you know you hope so the bullpen arms are so interesting because one i've said this, i don't know how many times i'm sure people have seen people say this before but bullpen arms are great for one week, one month, two years. And then this, for whatever reason, they just seem to fall off the back of a truck. So, um, I do think there's some young arms in the angels organization that could be in the bullpen at some point next year, obviously want uh, um, Gara, uh, Warren. Those are some of the guys that have had time this year that can also fill in next year. But yeah, you, you, you want to go out there and get some, you know, uh, some bullpen arms to kind of keep it going. You're going to have to go out there and try, guys. Like People aren't a fan of like the one-year contract or stuff like that, but for bullpen arms, it, it does make a lot of sense just because you don't know what you get from year to year unless they are a slam dunk, you know, closer type. Like an Iglesias, there's no reason to give them more than one year. So there will be changes in the bullpen. Obviously, they already remade it last year. They are probably going to remake it again this year, but I wouldn't go out and say... I would expect, like, these big names in the bullpen for 2022. But if they do well, they're young, then they can become a name. And I think that's kind of how the bullpen works, is that these guys might have one or two things wrong with them. Maybe they get into a new situation and are able to um, really flourish in that. And if they do get Iglesias back, you know your ninth inning is settled. Uh, Warren has proven that he can be a seventh or eighth inning guy. So in, in, in theory, you kind of already feel like you have an eighth and an eighth and a ninth inning uh, combination for the bullpen. Now you just kind of have to fill up arms that are going to come out there and, you know, are are going to be, be able to do their job. You know, you're not looking for guys that are going to have sub-1 ERAs or, you know, even sub-2 ERAs. You're looking at guys that can get outs. Um, you know, you don't even necessarily need a high-leverage guy if you re-sign Iglesias. Now, if for whatever reason – iglesias doesn't doesn't resign with the angels does decide to go somewhere else then yes now you're really gonna have to scramble for a high leverage guy a high leverage pitcher out of that bullpen to help um you know solidify that part of the bullpen but looking at the numbers from this last year and there was a bunch of stuff on instagram and on facebook and uh twitter about it but you know angels you know Deep, deep, deep into the season, we're like undefeated with a lead going into the ninth. So to me, that means you have to really build up that middle part of the bullpen, the sixth, seventh, eighth inning guys. Um, You know, you don't want to put Iglesias out there for two innings all the time. That is eventually going to wear out, guys. That is eventually going to have um, blow up in your face. So you are going to be looking for people there. And it's just really hard because you don't want to spend closer type money for the sixth inning guy or the seventh inning guy. It just doesn't help the payroll at all. Um, so, you know, the bullpen is going to be really interesting, but I expect that movement to happen kind of late in the offseason, to tell you the truth. Do the Angels spend big knowing Atani is going to need a big contract? And I think, um, I think that's the biggest question because – Ohtani still has next year under contract. I'm sure the Angels want to see that he can do it again. Um, he What he did this year, Ohtani, was so unprecedented, so, at least in my eyes, so unexpected. I expected him to have a good year. I did not expect him to have, you know, almost 50 home runs. The, the pitching he did, I did not expect that good of a season. And I'm sure the Angels didn't either, so let's see if he could do it again. But he's still under contract for next year. He still has an arbitration after that. So if you're looking at it for two years for sure, that's why when people start asking me about the surgers or whoever the starting pitchers are, you really have to feel confident that you're going to get banged for your buck because you cannot really extend these huge you know, six, seven-year contracts to these guys because of the big uh, Otani contract coming up for sure. Um Uh, let's see what else. So there was a question here on our Instagram live. Um, let me see. And, you know, kind of also goes with, uh, how does this team get built and how do we, how does this team become a world series, um, contender? And the question is, how can the halos win a ring with trout, um, on the team while trout is on the team? And I and I love watching these playoffs because um, there's so many different ways to build a contending team. You look at obviously the Dodgers. The Dodgers, you know, are kind of based in in the minor leagues. You see a lot of their main players in minor league, but because of the way they can spend money, they can have a lot of big guys. Um, you look at someone like people like the Braves, the team they're playing right now. They got some good talent, but some of their best or one of their best players isn't even on the roster right now, hasn't played forever, and that's Acuna. So, um, you know, there's so many different ways to make it to the playoffs. You you Honestly, you need to be hot. You need to be hot at the right time to get on a roll. You saw that with the Cardinals. Um, But also, too, you don't necessarily need to have a bunch of – you don't need a whole roster full of guys. Yes, you do need three or four guys, which I believe the Angels do have. I mean, you're looking at Otani, Trout, uh, Randon, obviously. Um, but, you know, you can make these small adjustments. You can sign these guys that you might not hear about, but have a great year and can turn the team around. And I look at the Giants, and yeah, they didn't make it to the next round, but you look at the success they had. They took chances on Gossman. They took chances on an older Longoria. They, you know, stuck with an older catcher and Posey, even after sitting off a year. You know, they had guys that maybe aren't well known or weren't well known last year and even so much so that come into the season you look at experts quote unquote experts didn't have them even contending close to the division they end up winning the division so obviously as angel fans as baseball fans in general you want to see your team compete you want to see your team do well but the margin between a good team an average team and a playoff you know caliber team is so thin you need you know a couple of things that go right, and one of them obviously is health. And angels do not have that health; do not have uh, that luck for the last, you know, what feels like the last couple of years. To tell you the truth, but another thing um, that I feel builds the team is is the minor league system. You have to have good minor league players in your system to um, obviously keep it going and and cost control. You look at guys like Brandon Marsh, Joe Adele, um, you know, even the even some of the pitchers too, they're cheap. You know, they're not costing a lot of money because they're still on that, you know, either just getting into arbitration or they're still considered pre arb. And that allows you to spend money on Otani. That allows you to spend money on Trout and Rendon and whatever you need. But you need those Miley guys to come up and and produce and really um and, and really help the team and I think you know with Joe with Brandon um and Jared obviously Jared Walsh he has been a guy that uh, you look at his numbers you look at what they're paying him he's far exceeding uh what they're paying him because of his pre-arbitration um, contract so that's very important for any team to be in the playoff contention um you know so we have to look at some of the pitchers coming up now whether it's Jansen Junk whether it's Reed Detmers whether it's Packy Naughton or even two some of the younger guys that have been around a little bit uh Suarez uh those guys are going to be really critical into this season next year for not only being able to kind of balance out a budget but also uh producing and performing over their contract and I think that's what you need you need guys to perform above what they're getting paid if a guy's making like iglesias let's look at Rossell iglesias um you know he was outperforming i think last year he was making 16 16 or 17 million his production showed that he was like worth probably like 20 to 22 million you know in, in this season so he's outperforming it now with the contract coming up and this is where the hard part is about being a GM and trying to figure out what best fits your team and what you can walk away from and what you can't walk away from. If a guy is outperforming his contract, gets a new contract, which is deserved, but now is just at the level of his contract, is that helping the team? That's a that's a huge question. And, I, you know, when, when Trout was doing his MVP stuff and he was still, um, you know, 21, 22, 23 years old and his contract wasn't huge yet, he was doing so much good for the team, and his contract figures weren't matching it, weren't as high as that. But it was able to produce help with other parts of the team, but the, you know obviously Artie and the other GMs weren't able to take advantage of it. And now you're kind of put in the same situation where you have Otani, you have Marsh, you have Adele, um, you have Walsh. You have these guys that aren't even close to – hitting it big quite yet but when they do is their production going to meet that figure is it that production going to equal out I, and that's the hard part like i don't know Iglesias is going to be a huge question like I, I they need him back on the field for sure his his play on the field has shown that he can uh be a top you know five closer in the, in baseball now the question is do you pay him top 3 money to be a top 5 catcher and how does that affect the rest of your payroll how does that affect the rest of your contract situations going into the future and I honestly I am not too sure about that so another bit of news that happened over the last couple weeks while I was gone um, angels added a um, I don't have the name in front of him but a, I, I believe he's gonna be the new like, director of Uh, minor league development and player development for the minor leagues from the St. Louis Cardinals. Obviously, that's huge. The Cardinals have always been a team that either have been um, close, hanging around for divisions or for playoffs or just been to the playoffs. So obviously, anytime you invest into your future, like the minor leagues, that's going to be a big help for the Angels, either because, like I mentioned before, These guys come up and they produce. These guys come up and they um, help the team win. Or you can flip them for uh, a trade deadline type of mega deal that will get you a starter when you need it, a extra bat when you need it. But it all starts with how do they develop in the minor leagues. And now you're able to get these guys from other teams that have done this in the past. You're able to see what they do. They're able to bring that knowledge over to Anaheim and hopefully build up that farm system. Um, you know like I said you're going to need farm players you're going to need good farm players to you know keep this role going Trout's not going to be here forever Um, you know obviously you know Otani's not going to be here forever these guys aren't going to be here forever whether it's because they go on to other teams or just because of age and retirement but you want a constant flow of young exciting talent to work its way through the system and you know when you hire someone in this position like player development, you're not going to see the benefits right away. You might not even see the benefits after the first year. This is going to be something where we really aren't going to be able to see if this guy's doing a good job or a bad job for two or three years, because, you know, to take a 19 year old kid, a 19 year old um, shortstop, a 19 year old outfielder, a 19 year old second baseman, and, think that you can mold him into an MLB ready player overnight over a year with, you know, is, is lofty expectations. I'll put it that way. But you take that same 19-year-old and you put him in a system, you put him in a development system for two, three years when he's, you know, 24, 25. Look at him now. He's ready to come out, guns blazing. I think that's when you'll feel the benefit of um, Perry really focusing on the player development and all that stuff. Um, who do, who's going to be the shortstop next year? I'm in the camp where I don't necessarily need a, and I've said this before, a, a big name shortstop. I don't need a Correa. I don't need a Seager. I don't need a, uh, Marcus Simeon. Like, even though those are all great players, those will all help out the angels. Those are all, um, players that are going to be really sought after i don't need those guys in my eyes you look at what's coming back for the angels in the infield walsh at first really good first baseman defensively you look at who's coming back at second base fletcher probably going to be in the top you know running for gold glove so you know what he can do defensively third baseman anthony rendon anthony rendon for as much as crap as people like to give him about his offense and just not being healthy, when he is healthy, he is a Gold Glove caliber third baseman right there. Defensively, the always been the weak spot for the Angels, at least for the last uh, for last year, because Simeon, uh, uh, Andrelton left. has been shortstop, and you saw that with Jose Iglesias and the errors and just not playing well. You just need to get a serviceable serviceable shortstop. You don't need a uh, top five shortstop not only you can't handle the payroll part of it but you just don't need it right now and if you want to move Fletcher to short and you know plug in Renjifo or plug in whoever I'm okay with that too you're probably going to suffer a little bit on that second base part but at the same time you just need someone that's not going to make the costly air like Jose Iglesias did last year and then you look offensively and again, if everything pans out, if everything stays healthy, if everything, if everyone comes back 100 percent, like uh, the reports are so far, you know you'll have you know a lot. Of, I know a lot of people like Marsh leading off, so you can have Marsh leading off. You can have Trout second. You can have Otani third. Uh, Rendon or Walsh behind behind them, and then the other, and then uh, Stassi has been offensively been really strong, so you know, and they put all the way, go down to Fletcher at nine to kind of flip it all over again. This team doesn't need a a superstar shortstop. They need a shortstop that's going to be league average or maybe just a little bit above. They don't need a guy that's going to lead the shortstops in war or lead the shortstops in this and that. Would it help the Angels? It would help 30 30 teams, 32 teams. It would help any team, uh, or 30 teams, sorry, uh, in baseball. But it's not necessarily a desire shouldn't be like a desire it's a it's 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 like when you go out and you you buy something do you need it or do you want it obviously the angels angel fans want it but i don't think it's a need they'll be better off taking whatever money they were considering spending on a correa seager simeon um i'm sure there's probably a couple uh story i'm um, you know take that money and invest it in pitching invest it in the otani um Extension in a couple years. That's where they'll be. That's where we'll be better at. But again, uh, you just need a shortstop to be average, a shortstop to um, do his job and not try too hard and not make three or four errors in a series. I think that's the biggest thing. So, I personally don't think they need to get a huge name at shortstop. The shortstop is um, going to have to just be average or a little bit above average, but I think there's enough surrounding that position to to make up for it. And then, too, you have shortstops. You have uh, Jeremiah Jackson, who is in the Arizona Fall League right now. You have guys like that coming up. So, you know, do they sign a guy, a league average guy, for like two years, three years until he's ready and then let him take the mantle? I think that's more of, of a realistic view because, like I mentioned, you get that shortstop and he's average, is a little bit above average, he does his job. He's that kind of gapper in between. Jeremiah Jackson comes in. Hopefully, knock on wood, plays well. Plays, you know, plays to the caliber of some of these other prospects we've been seeing come up. And he's going to be cheap. He's going to be affordable. He's going to help with that payroll when, by that time, the Otani situation is going to come up, um, and you need help there. You're going to have guys like Sandoval and, and Suarez who. Are like an arbitration right now but you give them another three or four years they're gonna be up for a brand new contract too and then what do you do because if they keep on producing like we hope they will they're gonna demand a high um, contract as well so it's a constant flow a constant evolution of this uh, payroll where um, you might look good now but if you look down the line you have Watani coming up you're gonna have you know Sandoval Suarez um, high made these guys that have been felt like they've been around forever, you know, are eventually going to feel the perks of being around forever. And that's a major league, a a solid contract within the next, you know, uh, three, four years. So we'll see how that goes. And truthfully, and truthfully, who knows what's going to happen with the CBA. The CBA is scheduled to, um, obviously expire. I believe in December, um, And that six-year period where before you uh, – service time could disappear. They can go off of age. So that might help some players. That might hurt some players. But there could be some new rules in effect by – you know, obviously by spring training. So the way the system's set up right now, the Angels I think are are in a pretty good situation with Pujols coming off the books, with Upton with one more year. But if the rules change and they try to get younger players paid more earlier – That can really affect the Angels. So, um, you know, December is when it expires. We'll see how it goes. If you were on this, you know, or if you listen to this podcast before, you know I talk to Red Bollinger. Every once in a while I'll kind of check in with him. What he's thinking right now is that the games will start on time. Everything else is going to be delayed. So uh, free agency is going to be delayed. Trades are going to be delayed. All because of this this uh, CBA that's coming up and we'll have to wait to see how that uh, plays out at the end of this year any concerns about Otani saying he loves it here but loves winning more again when players are in the press and they're asked those type of questions like oh what do you you know how do you feel about here or how do you feel about winning or not winning I don't expect him to say anything else but what pretty much what Otani said how he loves it here but he loves winning more. Can you imagine if a player came out and said, you know, I love it here and I don't even care if I win. Social media, Twitter, you know, whoever is going to just drill into this guy. I don't know necessarily if I believe any of these guys, whether they say they love being in Anaheim, whether they say they love uh, this team or that team. You know, everything is for a, a purpose. Everything is for a brand, that person's brand. Players nowadays are very, very cautious of that brand. They don't want to say the wrong thing to offend one side or the other. So if Otani was going to sit here and say, you know, um, Anaheim's great, but, you know, I can see me leaving for a winner, then the Angel fans would, will, will, you know, heads would explode. But he says what he says. I like an Anaheim, but I love winning more. Those are the two very, I don't know, vanilla responses i can think of you know if you if you've ever looked at a press conference if you listen to the question you can almost guarantee what the answer is going to be because like i said a lot of these guys don't want to say the wrong thing so they end up saying nothing at all they end up saying a lot of words but they don't mean a whole lot otani's only known anaheim otani picked anaheim before you know he had a he had a an option to like you look at some of these guys Brandon sandoval suarez like anyone on the roster warren wants these guys didn't have an option to come to anaheim they got drafted they're here uh they don't have a choice to go anywhere else you know guys like trout guys like otani guys like uh, rendon they chose to come to anaheim so when i say that they like when they say they like anaheim i believe them but i also believe that they want to be winners too and so until they come out and say one means more than the other i I don't know, but we'll, we'll, you know, hopefully it happens with Anaheim. Hopefully it happens with the angels. You know, if if the angels are, are serious about taking steps forward and maybe they do take step forwards next year and they compete for a playoffs. Um, so we'll, we'll see how that goes, but you know, competing for playoffs will help all this stuff out. There's a great saying that says winning is the best deodorant. So no matter what's going on, if you're winning, people aren't really going to care. So I think – and that's the biggest thing right here too with with the Angels. If they start winning, no one's really going to care about what is said here or said there. They're just going to be like, okay, we're winning. So you're either jumping on or you're jumping off. So, But, yeah, I'm not too worried about Otani. I'm not too worried about um, what he said. Again, players have obligations to the press to talk to the press, but at the same time they're doing everything they can to make themselves – not look bad and sometimes that means they give very neutral down down the middle answers and it's really hard to read into uh one way or the other so something else that happened with the minor leaguers came out today is that major league baseball and the players are in the and the and the teams are going to have um, housing for all minor league players starting in 2022 which is great which is a huge step in the right direction which is something that honestly probably should have been the minimum for a long time now, especially with, um, with, with players getting paid pretty much the same no matter where they go. If you're in California, you know how much housing is. You know how much apartment is. And then you go out to places like Tennessee where there's uh, a handful of minor league teams and you see what housing costs there. You know, the dollar goes a long way there compared to here. So for minor league teams – or for major league teams, sorry, to finally have to house these guys is a huge step. And now people are talking about, well, now they got to raise the minimum. Now they got to raise what they get paid, which I agree with. But this – them taking care of them this way is a huge help. You know, if you've ever been in an apartment, you know, leases. They always go by leases. You know, can you imagine signing a six-month lease and then in two months being – um, promoted, and now you're stuck with this lease. Now what do I do with it? I'm not even living there, but I still have to pay for it, or it's gonna cost a ton of money to get out of. So, hopefully, what Major League Baseball is gonna do is just, I don't know, rent out a section of an apartment complex, put guys in these in this, you know, the east part of the of the complex. So when guys come and go. It's as easy as, okay, you, you know, Joe from apartment 3B, you're out. Hey, Billy, that came up. Okay, you were with, you're in 3B now. And it just makes it that much easier for the guys because not only is the financial part hard for the guys, the mental part, finding lodging, selling their place, um, like I said, being stuck with uh leases. And again, if you've ever dealt with an apartment lease or anything like that, you know exactly how much of a pain in the ass that can be. Now imagine having to do it from a different city while you're trying to make a living and hopefully get called up to the majors. It's just it's a it's a lot of work that doesn't need to be put on some of these younger guys. And now that major league, the major uh MLB is stepping up, hopefully this is a step in the right direction. Um we'll see what happens going forward. A lot of people are talking about the CBA and how that's going to help minor league baseball. I guess in a way it can, but I don't know how because the minor league players are not protected by the union. Um, Major league baseball players get protected by the union because they pay union union dues. And, I, you know, there might be a handful of people out there that, that are part of a union You know how it works. But for the union to really take care of the minor league team, what I'm worried about is that now the minor leaguers are going to have to start paying dues to the to the to the union, and they're already kind of strapped for cash. So unless they get a huge influx in money, you know that might be you know that might be something that's not 100 you know uh, beneficial. But you know you have certain Twitter accounts, you have certain people that are very vocal about this situation. You have players finally stepping up and talking about the situation and putting the public pressure on Major League Baseball, the commissioners, the owners. I think that's honestly the best way to go. Because, you know, you, these guys, for as much as they want to be protected by a union, I don't necessarily know if they make enough to, to pay for, like, a union and union dues and all that stuff. So, But, like I mentioned, uh, Major League Baseball is going to be start paying for housing going forward in 2022 for the minor league players, which is a huge, huge benefit and a huge stress off the back of minor league baseball players if they do it in the right way. Hopefully, like I mentioned, they go to a, a, an apartment complex in the city that the team is or close to the city where the team plays and just says, hey, we want the east part of the apartment complex for our, for our for our players. Here's nine months, and there you go. So I don't know. We'll see how it goes. At least they are going in the right direction, which is better than the alternative and going in the wrong direction. So uh, that was big news today. Some other kind of small news, Jose Molina catcher uh, – Catching coach for the Angels for the last couple years. Before that was kind of like a, a traveling catching instructor. I would see him at Ellen Empire from time to time. Um, obviously talking with the catchers, talking with the coaches, talking with the players. He is, uh, I don't know if he decided, but it has come out that he is not going to be with the team going forward. Um, he said it was an Angels decision. Uh, so there's not sure about who wanted out or who kicked who out. Um, but it looks like the Angels want to go in a different direction. Um, Like I said, Jose said it was their decision, not his. It could be something as simple as a contract expired. Maybe Jose wanted more money and the Angels said no, so they moved on. Or it could be something as simple as um, philosophies didn't match up. You know, Perry has been there. Maybe Perry and his people in his office have a certain idea of what they want their catchers to be, and maybe Jose and them didn't match up. But anytime you see a Molina leaving Anaheim, it does suck. And I definitely uh, understand why the fans weren't too, uh, crazy about it for sure. But, uh, hopefully he gets somewhere. He lands somewhere because, uh, you look at Stassi and when he became, you know, he came in as a good catcher. He, he became a really good catcher here in Anaheim. Um, obviously his bat is probably more, um, has to do with the hitting coaches than Jose necessarily, but, um, yeah, hopefully he lands somewhere and hopefully he's able to do uh, a really good job once he gets there. But so those are the kind of like the big things that have happened so far with the angels. Um, Jose has gone. They bring in a new minor league guy to kind of run uh, player development from the Cardinals. Um, Iglesia still looking for an extension probably won't come until free agency starts. Uh, who knows when that's going to start? Let's be honest. Who knows when that's going to start? But um Yeah, so, I mean, we're going to be back, you know, probably in a couple weeks, maybe after the World Series. We can talk about the World Series and how that played out. By then, um, we'll have a better idea, hopefully, about what the offseason is going to hold. Um, For people that are looking forward to, like, a winter meeting or anything like that, or if you're hearing people say, oh, we'll be here until the winter meetings, there's a really good chance there are not going to be any winter meetings, just the way the CBA is going to work out. But we'll see how that goes we'll we'll keep our, our our ears out there and we'll, we'll start talking to people more and as more and more stuff comes available as more and more information comes out or just gets close to coming out we'll, we'll be here um again you can follow us on our instagram at halo underscore haven on our twitter at Halo underscore Haven. We'll be here at All Angels Podcast. And if you're here and 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 I'm back and I'm glad I'm be, to be back, um, thank you for people, you know, holding on and and continue to kind of check in and when the next episode is going to be. I really appreciate that. And for your listeners that have been there from, you know, for pretty much from day one, uh I can't say it enough. We appreciate it. I appreciate it. Really looking forward to the off season. Really hoping that the Angels are able to make some big uh, moves to solidify this rotation. And again, I think rotation, bullpen, those need to be priorities one and one A. The shortstop position can go down to, you know, priority five for all I care, but bullpen and pitching need to be front of mind for the angels and let everything else kind of happen the way it happens. Yeah, so that's gonna wrap it up for this part of the Instagram live. I'll be right back after this. I want to talk about Spotify Greenroom. Spotify Greenroom is a live, audio-only sports talk platform, which is free to download and free to use. You can talk to other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. Perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and reacting to breaking news. All you need to do is download the Spotify Greenroom app free in the iOS or Android app store create a profile, link it to your Twitter, and join. That's it. It's that easy. So go ahead and check out Spotify Green Room. And we are back. And you heard me say this before. Uh, I was a guest on the Super Halo Bros. Uh, early, last week, uh, Tuesday, came out Wednesday. Uh, I love what those guys do. Those guys are a lot of fun. Those guys are um Have a good thing going over there. Uh, You know, I always enjoy jumping on other podcasts with other guys. I'm always open to it. So um, if you know a podcast or you listen to a different podcast and you would like to hear kind of like a, um, not a debate necessarily, but like, you know, two two meeting of the minds, if you will, um, let them know. Let me know. I'm always open to talking to other podcasts. Unfortunately, there's a lot of podcasts out there that aren't open to it because I don't know if they are worried that they're going to be showing up or or whatever but um there's a lot of good podcasts out there Uh, like i said they're probably the, the one i'll probably listen to the most right after my own of course but super halo bros is a lot of fun um definitely check them out i'm gonna play a small clip right here for you guys to um you know again if you like it listen to them uh anywhere you find podcasts you can uh, this podcast. You can find their podcast, so definitely check it out. Um, they're on Instagram, Super Halo Bros. Look them up on Twitter as well. Uh, so I hope you liked this clip, and here it is.
1: I I had to bring this up because your your dream came true this year because Matty yes. V is is now doing the play by play with the Angels, right? And so recently, just last week, the New York Post. He was interviewed by the New York Post. He said he is leaving Sunday Night mm-hmm. Baseball on ESPN. His quote was, I can't do everything that I enjoy with the MLB Network, with the Angels, and then still being away 30 weekends a year. So (laughs) was planning Uh on on calling more. (laughs) So (laughs) I'm sorry, I missed that. What'd you say? (laughs) A-Rod. I don't know why people don't like A-Rod. He seems like a very humble guy. (laughs) Um, So I'd love to hear from you two. Uh, What's the over-under on Maddie V and how many games... He'll call this year, Daniel. What do you think?
0: You know, you have him down as fifty-nine games this year. I think he can double that pretty, pretty easily. I mean, we're yeah. talking one hundred sixty-two games. So if you were to um, call, you know, I'm not great at math. What one hundred eighteen games? Uh, I think that's very doable. Uh, he, he has stuff with MLB Network, but it's it's unless it's a like a YouTube, or a, yeah, like a YouTube game or MLB Network game, which aren't daily, aren't even really weekly. Mm -hmm. You know, he can do his little press stuff in the morning or TV shows in the morning and, and call a game at night. What I'm really interested to see, I think would be really the Under should be is how many of those games he's going to be in person because right.
2: that's big for me. Too. Yes, I I
0: I, yeah. I I liked Matty V. Don't get me wrong, I liked Matty V. I liked his excitement, I liked his uh, passion, but there was just some things you can tell when they weren't in the booth together, yeah. him and Goo, because there's so many, you know, nonverbal cues about okay now you go, now you go that you right. just can't do yes. when you're you know, for the most part, like us, doing it on Zoom. So, you know, I hope this means, too, that he's able to come to Anaheim more or if the Angels are, like, in an East Coast trip, he's there all the time. Uh, because those guys work well together, and I think they haven't been able to really reach that potential, if you will, because yeah. they are yeah. doing it in two different spots. So I love that Matty V is hopefully going to commit more time to the Angels. I, just, I really hope that it's in person as well.
1: You make a great point because I think that – maybe that might be one of the reasons why he doesn't want to continue doing ESPN baseball, because it will allow him to travel and actually be there in person. And John and I've talked about it here on the podcast. Like we need him to get a, uh, a feed that isn't 10 seconds behind. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So John, what do you think over under on how many games Matty V calls this next year?
2: I think that's a good pick. I think, I think over a hundred games is, is reasonable. Um, And I have the same question. Is he going to be there in person because the times that he was able to be in the booth, it was awesome. He had the, the, uh, angels, red polo on standing next to Gooby. That was great to see. I have to, I have to believe, first of all, I am just so thrilled with the fact that he loves the angels that much to, uh, want to call more games for them. But also, uh, Mark Gubazo was such a great, uh, color commentator with him that it, it, he set the bar too high and he's like, I can't work with A-Rod anymore. <laughs> right. Yeah. So yeah. Um, yeah, again, if he, if he's in the booth, that would be awesome. And it seemed like they ironed out those, those wrinkles a little bit with the tech tech side of things. But every now and then you just get that moment of one guy talking over the other. Um, and then a yeah. quick like apology. And I think they got better at it. Like when they realized that somebody else was talking and they accidentally said something, they just let the other person, go in that moment. But again, it's, it's difficult. It's, and even here on zoom, you know, I'm going to edit the heck out of this later so that it sounds great, but there's, <laughs> there's delays and there's pops and clicks and things that you can't control. And I think one time Maddie V was on the pre-show and then the game was about to start and they just couldn't oh, yeah. get him back. And so Jose Moda ended yeah. up calling most yeah. of the game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I remember that. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. Now for the games that Maddie V is not going to call, would you like to see Rich Waltz back, Johnny. What do you think?
2: Again, I miss Darren Sutton. (laughs) I think about the the, my favorite moment of him calling that because he seemed to just really love it. But I will say, it seems like Rich Waltz really warmed up to the team. He did a great job um, when in, in such a situation where he's coming in halfway through a season and trying to get to know the team and get to know them frontwards and backwards. But I think by the end of it, you could hear. That he had enthusiasm for the team, and he was passionate yes. about them, and that's something that I appreciated, and, and even his calls began to get you know more enthusiastic and fun, and he figured it out on the fly, so I got to give him props to that. And I even liked, uh, I know he wouldn't call as many, but I even liked Patrick O'Neill toward the end of the season, just because he felt like somebody, he, did well. he felt like one of yes. us, and even though he He's might familiar, not be the yeah. most ideal uh, play-by-play guy, I think he did a really good job. For for what he was given, so yeah, I, I wouldn't mind seeing seeing Walt's back. What
1: about you, Daniel?
0: Yeah, I think Walt did a good job of coming in and not trying to act like he has been there the whole season. Like, there's been a couple times where I was watching the game where he's, where he's talking to Gooby. He's like, "So tell me about this guy, or, or you know, uh, what's the story with this guy?" And then Gooby, obviously yes. being there for years, it's like, "Oh, you know, so and so, you know, he, he he struggles with his command, or this is blah blah blah." But Waltz never came in and was like, "Okay, I got this. I know everything." Like he was open. His posture like, was great. That's a good point. Right? Yeah, yeah. He he was he was like, "Okay, well, you know, this is an interesting story. Tell me more about it." And you felt like that was a genuine. Like he wanted to know, the background of this player or the history of what he's done good or, or done bad with the team for you know with. So uh, I like that about him. He seemed very humble. I you know, uh, Darren was was. Really good too, and uh, you know, hopefully one day he puts out a book and we can figure out exactly <laughs> who made what decision. What and went what, down? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So obviously that probably won't come out, especially if he's trying to get into a booth somewhere else. Right. But yeah, you know, and uh, I, I think it was good. I, you know, Matty V being the the, the front line guy, he's a name. He's good. He, he knows what he's doing. But uh, I think it was good. I, I think you know you can. Rich Waltz did did a just. Just as good a job in a really hard situation, too, because, you know, when the season started, he had no idea he would finish the season with the Angels. Oh, 100%. Yeah,
1: right. Well, I am yeah. th-
2: starting to suspect that people didn't realize that Matty V was our main play-by-play guy. Because when I see clips on Twitter and people responding to it, it seems like they think it's a national game and that he's not he's not calling a home game for the Angels. It's something that I picked yeah. up on, and some people even kind of complained that he wasn't enough of a homer. But I'm like, have you listened to his home run calls? Have you listened to yeah. when <laughs> when Otani makes a huge uh, uh, home run or strikes gets strike three? Like, I, I don't understand where people are getting that from. But and then my other point is, I think we can all agree we're going to have to start calling him Mark Glubiza because he's the glue that <laughs> Blue guy.
0: That's season. good. So, Mark, <laughs> definitely. definitely.
1: <laughs> That's good.
0: And again, I want to thank the guys from Super halo Bros for having me on. Cannot wait to have to go back on there, have him back them back on here. Um again, once the off-season really starts and there's signings and there's trades and all that stuff, we will definitely have them on here. Uh probably with Andrew uh Angels top plays too. We kind of talked about that a little bit off mic um after that podcast so again those guys are great definitely check it out super halo bros uh shout out to sunday league the podcast i've been on there a couple times hoping to get back on there soon uh definitely check them out sunday league the podcast but that's going to be it for this edition of the all angels podcast we'll be back uh like i said probably in a couple weeks unless there's some crazy breaking news then we will jump on right away but you can always follow us in any kind of update on our social media feed that is halo underscore haven on twitter as well on instagram so again halo underscore haven on instagram and on twitter if you want to reach out to us you can do it on there through the dms or you can also email us at allangelspodcast at gmail.com i am down garcia and this has been another edition of the all angels podcast
2: As a professional
1: welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is.
0: Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse
1: CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find Love at First Drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Let's jump into Pepper's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting
2: places with Pepper play sets. Pepper Pig. <laughs>